Jackson's header. But Gerrard! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott Nicol, and I'm joined, as always, by Travis Morgan. We're going to go through the weekend's game yesterday, Manchester United 3, Leicester 0. And it's bittersweet for me, as I said on Friday's podcast, I had Man United in last man standing. So while I'm happy that I'm, I'm through to the last two out of about 50 people and I could potentially win £500, I'd probably pay £500 for Man United to lose. <laughs> To make Travis sad. I'm good at um, my prediction wrong. I, I, I always keep forgetting that we keep clean sheets. I should have just always go nil all the time. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? I went 3 1, didn't I? But, you know, it happens. It happens. But yeah, listen, the game, I watched it. Uh, I was a little bit hungover. So I had a day of um, football on the couch. Yeah. And the day was bliss. Leicester, they started like a steam train. And it, mm. it, it was like when they come to Anfield and played Liverpool, they, they actually did take the lead in that game. And if it yeah. wasn't for two soft own goals from that voot face, we might have been on the end of a, a hammering. But they started again yesterday for the first 20, 25 minutes. It was all Leicester. Yeah. David De Gea, is, is he back to his best? He looked it to me, certainly from that Gordon Banks type save. Mm. Um, and then Rashford just do, does what Rashford does at the minute. Sadio Rashford, you must be <laughs> delighted with him. But um, yeah, another three points, 3-0, three clean sheet. You're in a tight race. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, the team's sort of picking itself. And like you said, we, we didn't make the best start in the game at all. It was all Leicester for the first 20, 25 minutes. And I thought, how how were they not ahead in the game? I don't know. Like you said, some of the saves from De Gea were unbelievable, um, especially the first one, because it's sort of, a reaction save. The second one was very impressive as well, but I, I think he could have done a little bit better with the header, but the first save was unbelievable. And I was just like relieved to be sort of still at nil-nil at the time. But I think the goal is interesting because Bruno has been playing on this right-hand side and we've gone Vegost in the 10 because of his pressing abilities. But the way Bruno sort of a adapted to that role on the right hand side has been really impressive his delivery has been unbelievable crosses outside of the foot passes he's got a really good range of passing it sort of suits him in a way like because over the last 12 to 14 months he's given the ball away a lot i know he's a creative player and creative players do give the ball away but in central areas when it breaks down it's not cost us as much as if he's on the right hand side and it was a really impressive passing like you said Rashford clean through and goal steadied himself he's not going to miss with the form he's in but we were lucky to go into the in in at half time at one nil and we had to make changes and Tenag did and as soon as Sancho came on sort of sparked us into life he was linking up with players very well and to the in to be in all fairness in the second half we blew them away we were pretty comfortable I think at two nil I think that knocked the stuffing out of Leicester I don't think they had anything in the second half, to be honest. I don't think they had any sort of belief that they felt they could get back into the game. And we were playing some really good football. And and what I like about this season is, like you said, at 2-0 now, you don't ever feel like the opposition are going to come back into the game now. Even without Casemiro against Sabitz is sort of like improving game by game, minute by minute. Um, and we were comfortable. So, again, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really, really pleased. I think it was important. We, we won that game as well with City dropping um, to keep on their coattails and 
all we can do, <coughs> excuse me, is just keep winning. That's all we can do. Um, how much of a coincidence that David De Gea is in the last four or five months of his contract and he's all of a sudden looking back to his best from 10 years ago. Is that a coincidence? Has has he restored your yeah. faith in him? Well, he's he's been making good saves all season. I, I don't think it's ever been an issue with him. Obviously, he went through a really sticky period of about 14 months where he was just dropping clangor after clangor. The ball was like sort of going through his body and going in every four games. It was ridiculous. But he sort of come through that. I think what people are questioning now about the hair is his distribution and his use of the ball. And the way Tenag likes to play is he does like to build up from the back. We like to do this little short goal kick where the centre half puts his hand on it on the six yard box and plays it to the keeper and we go out the other side and stuff. But he just does, I think the back four just don't really look comfortable playing it back to him all the time. And he doesn't see the pictures quick enough. Like, no, in fact, I tell a lie. I think he sees the pictures, but his distribution and his execution isn't always on point. Um, like he'll go to dink it out to fullbacks and stuff, and he ends up swanging it out of play, or he'll just kick it central and flat. There's no height to his kick. So it's like teams counter attack off his kicks a lot. And I think that's what's killing us. So, yeah, like you said, he, he, I don't think it is a coincidence. He probably does want a new deal, but at the same time, I think Tenar's got a decision to make. Does he move forward with De Gea as number one? Is he happy being a second-choice goalkeeper? If he is, I would keep him. If not, personally, I love the guy and I think he's been an amazing servant. But I do think we need a new keeper, if I'm honest with you. Oh, really? Wow. I'm quite shocked at that, especially yeah. from his performances the last couple of months. But mm. Ten Hag's in a bit of a difficult situation, isn't he? Because De Gea is one of the highest earners, 350k a week. He doesn't want to be paying a goalkeeper that that kind of money, especially if they're not top, top no, draw, yeah, which not, De Gea's no. probably passed his best. You've still got Henderson on the books, haven't you? Yeah, he'll be sold. Um, yeah, he'll be sold. And then I've seen today you're being linked with a Leeds keeper, is it Melier? Melier, yeah. And we've been linked with Raya as well from Brentford, who's a really, really good keeper distribution-wise, and he's top draw. So I think he's got a 30... 30 million price tag as well. So in the summer, I think he'll be very sought after. Whoever gets him is getting a top keeper, to be fair. And I think we do need one. We do. I think we do need one. Um, just a modern day keeper. You see what Ramsdale's done for Arsenal. Um, it's not that Martinez wasn't a good keeper, but the, Ramsdale's distribution just allows Arsenal to be able to just play out the back and, and build up attacks. And I think we need a keeper with that ill. Allison again does it at Liverpool. And Edison brilliant with his feet, and you don't want them necessarily to be better with the feet, but it's just so important for teams that want to play at the back like we do. Um, let's just get straight on to Starboy. You could, who is Starboy to you? You're talking about Garnacho because it's it's, it's Rashford now. Yeah, how old is Rashford? 25. 25. Wow. He's like finally you. finally um, realised his potential. The guy is frightening. Um, yeah. I was a little bit scathing of the Leicester goalkeeper yesterday in the group chat. I think Ward's the worst keeper in the league. But still, <laughs> Rashford, he's so clinical with his finishing now. Where's it come from? Or has it always been there? I think the and bigger question is... Your confidence. I think what the bigger question is, is where's his best position? And I still don't know because he's such a threat in behind. You think, oh, he's a centre forward with the way he finishes. But then 
like when he plays against opposition that want to sort of feel him and go tight and stuff like that, he's a little bit less effective. Like it's just the timing of his runs are impeccable. Like the second goal, you can't actually defend that. Do you know what I mean? You can't actually defend that because he's already off. Like he knows two steps ahead before Freddie even receives the ball. He's running. Do you know what I mean? So as a fullback, you're trying to keep in line with where your centre halves are because Leicester's line was quite high for that goal. Obviously, they're pushing up. So as a as a defender, what do you actually do? Like, do you just start running with him and play everyone else on side and just forget the centre halves? But if you try that, is is that quick? It's actually undefendable. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't actually defend against it. And the ball's perfect from Fred. The timing's perfect. And once he's in and cuts across you, you've got absolutely no chance of catching him. So he's 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 very intelligent with his running. Again, I think his best position is still off that left. But I like the fluidity and the license he gets. Like, if you look at the third goal as well, he, he drifts in field and he plays it inside to Sancho. He's in a central position. By that time, he is playing as a striker um, with Begost, obviously, in the 10. But I like the fact that if we do get a centre-forward in the summer, which we've prioritised, I still want him to have that sort of free role. I still want him to be able to sort of do what he wants, when he wants, and end up in those central positions from wide areas, because that's where I think he's, he is most effective, as opposed to playing up against big centre-halves and getting involved in sort of a physical battle. Veghorst didn't have the best afternoon again. He's turning in a bit of a... Yeah. A bit of a crowd... Um, yeah, I think everyone's sort of feeling sorry for him and just yeah, wanting, that's it. When, oh, he, just when like, he has a shot, him. it's a bit like oh yeah, he's like, <laughs> he does deserve a goal, but like he's been unlucky from a finishing sense. Like obviously he's playing out of his skin in terms of work rate, but in terms of quality, I just don't think he's got the quality to be at Manchester United long term. He was a stopgap anyway. We didn't think Martial well. I'm going to say we didn't think Martial would have these sorts of injury problems. He's always had these sort of injury problems. But I didn't think we would envisage being this heavily reliant upon Begost. He's done okay, do you know what I mean? For a, 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 a fee that costs next to nothing for on a six-month loan, we've not really lost out. If he goes in the summer and we don't sign him on a permanent, it's best of both worlds. He's, he's got to play for Man United for six months. It must have been a dream opportunity for him. He's taken that. He's probably built good bonds with the manager and there's a, a mutual respect there. But yeah, he can't be our first choice centre forward next season. Absolutely no chance. He's not He's not got the quality to do that. I know I said it on a previous potty, but him, or not necessarily him, that position is probably what's going to prevent you proper challenging for the league. But mm. you're still in there. You're in the title race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, all all yeah. banter aside in the yeah. group chat, you win three games in a row. The way City are dropping points, which you can mm. never predict. It could be at any time. Um, Arsenal have come unstuck the last few games. Yeah. Man United just keep churning out the wins. As I said last time, like the, the reason it's an outside chance is because we're chasing two teams and it showed it this weekend. City dropped. Arsenal looked like they were going to drop and ended up winning. The gap's still the same from the top. Do you know what I mean? As good as the weekend's been and you've clawed on City, we're still chasing at the top of the league. And that's how difficult it is to claw back when you take chasing two sides. And there's only 14 games to go. It sounds, everyone thinks it's a lot of football. But by the time everyone's dropped and 
recoup points and this and that, there's not going to be that much difference between now and what the table is going to look like at the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? It's taken 24 games for the gap to be the way it is. And we've been on an incredible run and only made up like five points on Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And they and they dropped 10 points three games ago. So it just goes to show how far behind we were and how difficult this league is. But again, like you said, five points behind, if you wobble, it can evaporate. So we're definitely in the title race, but it's not like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're favourites to win it. We should be winning it or we're going to be disappointed if we don't win it. I think we're doing incredible at the moment. Like you said, we're still in the competitions. We've got a big week ahead of us with Barca in the cup final. This could really shape our season in terms of the momentum. If we'd managed to go through against Barca and win the cup final, it's a dream week. Do you know what I mean? But if we if we lose to Barca and, you, and, and we lose the cup final, then there's going to be some wounds that need healing. So it's, it's a pivotal week for us. I think we're ready for it. Um, I think we're pumped. The, the, the Barca game's at home, which is an advantage. Like you said, we haven't got to travel back from Barca. So I think we'll make a few changes again. And he'll want to win that because the mentality the squad's got at the moment is that we want to win every game. So I don't think we're going to be prioritising fixtures just yet. Um, and, and we'll go from there on Thursday. You can't even call what kind of side he'll try to line up with on Thursday night. Mm. And then also for the cup final on the Sunday. Yeah. It could be... It could be any any players from a I'd like to see a couple of injuries I'd like yeah I would like to see a couple of injuries back on Thursday obviously Martial's been out a while Anthony's been out a while now from that incident against Palace when he got put into the advertising board obviously Casemiro's back for that game um Martinez can be restored for that game because he missed the first leg um so we might he might give like the likes of Shaw a rest um, I expect Varane to come back in. He might play Malassia. Shaw's on great form now. I can't see him dropping Shaw, to be honest. Rash is obviously going to play. And then maybe one of the front guys, you might see a Garnacho or something like that. But again, I don't think you'll see too many changes. Like the recovery's been good. We don't seem to be tiring in games. Like we started yesterday's game slow. But again, we scored and, and we just sort of ran off the adrenaline and that. And there was no real sign of sort of fatigue or anything like that. So, yeah. Just keep going. Long may it continue. Keep pushing, and just let's see. Let's see what this week brings. The games just keep coming thick and fast, don't they? I feel like we can't even get these podcasts in because no. um, we've just had a game, and then there's another game just around the corner. Liverpool play tomorrow night. Then it's Thursday night Barcelona. Then it's on to the weekend, the cup final. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't have it any other way, especially mm. when you're competing on four fronts. So brilliant. You and Man United fans just loving life at the minute. Yeah, loving it. Um, I just cannot imagine what this podcast would be like if you go out of Europe Thursday night and lose the cup final to a Loris Carius-inspired <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tune in for that one, guys. Travis has promised me that if anything goes Pete Tong in either of them games, we're still going to be podcasting. So I'll be there. It, Stick with us. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> just sing when he's winning. He's going to be there. I'll be there. Um, Travis, thanks for your time. Um, guys, if you like what you've heard, don't forget to smash that like. And if you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe. Um, we'll see you in the next video.